You're listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is Topazu. And right now, you're listening to a track off of Collection 1 of Catabatic Releases. This is Incantation from Nuit Hadit. This is actually the last installment of a two-part series celebrating artists who are no longer here, uh, but who have shaped who we are as producers, promoters, DJs, dancers, and as friends. So today we are focusing on four artists in particular uh, in the second broadcast. We're talking about Barrett Clark, uh, Joey Cassio, Micah Dane Mayer, and Cash Askew. These artists and artists much like them could be considered too experimental by conventional sort of slick club spaces. They often work in the fringes in the darkness. They transmit their experimentations into the underground. They are who challenge and who innovate new sounds and perspectives. We are what they we consider them uh, psychic warriors. Um, and I've been able to bring several really talented, just very, very beloved people here into the studio to talk about them and, uh, and to share a lot of their music with you. I will note that this is only a two-hour program, and uh, it's only a two-part series. There is a lot of spectacular work from artists we simply just don't have enough time for uh, in this two-hour program. So I urge you to explore many artists who could we could not cover for this program. Artists like filmmaker Alex Gassan, Jonathan Birnbaum, R. Joe, and Farrell Pines. These are um, really, really interesting, really smart, really unbelievably talented artists that uh, we sort of urge you to look more, um, you know, look, look into their art and what they've done and the music that they've made. Uh, KQED's put together some really, really great journalism, a uh, series of articles uh, that I think are, are worth checking out. Uh, they inspire us. Uh, everyone in this room, I believe, and uh, here in our community. Um, so if you could look into a lot of those artists and what they've done, uh, we definitely encourage that. So we are going to start the show with Barrett Clark. He is uh, mostly known as a core member of the Catabatic Collective. Uh, he's sort of the guy that you see in the back of the room, and you know you're going to be at an amazing show. Um, he's just a beloved sound engineer. I can honestly say that he has uh, really shaped my perspective on sound for pretty much the entirety of my adult life. And and on top of that, um, he's a really talented producer uh, with just so many projects that I think are spectacular. Polar, RMS, uh, Nuit Hadit, which you're listening to right now, and RPTN. So I have two just really great, wonderful people here to talk about him today. I have Nihar of Surface Tension, and I have also uh, Jay Fields from Catabatic here in the studio with me, uh, here to share a little bit more about Barrett. So uh, keep listening, and uh, they will be playing right after this track.
This is Nihar Bhatt, and uh, you're listening to Radio Valencia. That um, that last track was uh, a track by Barrett Clark under the um, alias of Accentic Shadows. Um, it's called Tidefall. Um, I, uh, you know, that that track I think highlights a lot of the the things that I love about the way that Barrett approached music and made made music. It just make, it fills me a lot of feelings that remind me of him. Um, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, a lot of his music involves, you know, like brought people to a really ecstatic state, um, filled people, you know, with, you know, sometimes it caused disbelief in people hearing it. Um, but I think it all also always for me reminded me that like Barrett was in touch with some kind of spiritual source some kind of, um, you know, tapped into that void that is sometimes so hard to, to do, but which, which all, some of the, some of the best art involves that relationship. Um, and I really hear that in that track and I hear it in, in a lot of what he's done. Um, I met Barrett about seven years ago, um, at the second installment of an underground party I did called Form Leatherette. Um, he came out to the party because he saw on MySpace, that's what we were using back then, um, the uh, this uh, that we were doing a party centered on underground music at an underground venue, and he was you know a diehard uh, supporter of that type of scene. So he came he came out. I remember his smile. I remember dancing with him and talking to him then about about it. Him him thanking us for putting on that party. Um, he invited me to uh, the, a party by his collective, Catabatic, which I hadn't heard of at that point. But I went to it about a month later, and I realized going there that they were years ahead um, in terms of creating the kind of musical um, and community atmosphere that I was very much wanting to do myself um, with Warm Leatherette and, and all the initiatives that I've been a part of afterward. I didn't know back then how important and how, how key Bear would be as an ally, as a supporter, um, and as a friend. You know, to to everything I tried to do as a musician. You know, we over the years, you know, did dozens of events together, um, and he always made the most of this, the whatever space that we were in. One of the, one of the, you know, there were so many challenges that we threw at Barrett, and he dealt with them with a smile, and you know, turned our events. You know, we often we would often talk about the accomplishments we had, but really our accomplishments would have been. So wouldn't have been what they are without what Barrett did. I mean, just as a, a very small example of his work, um, one of the most frustrating challenges we constantly threw at Barrett was l- allowing us to, to use turntables at this venue submission, which was really not meant to be a club. It was, and uh, 
yeah, there was constantly this vinyl this hum that would just come back and come back and like and, and ruin the sound and Barrett just tirelessly went at it like with new idea after new idea after new idea until he finally solved it allowing us to actually have have accomplished that night on a purple personal note he actually also um, did did sound for the first live show live solo show that I did years ago and it was at a small storefront gallery put on by Micah, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. It, was, uh, it wasn't a huge show. You know, Barrett was doing sound for massive venues, huge warehouse shows, all of this stuff. But because of who he was, he just wanted us to sound good, even if we were just a few kids playing music in a, in a storefront. So, you know, he donated his, his system for that and his services um, and worked tirelessly. Um, I also, you know, just remember the first time, I'll never forget the first time I saw Barrett play live back then at that first catabatic party I went to. And, and uh, you know, all the time since then, what you saw in the reaction of, uh, of people watching him play was, was, you know, either being deeply touched or, or, or descending into deep carnage. Just, just real, like a, a really visceral reaction that, that where people, um, you know, the energy he brought to his sets was just unparalleled. Um, and th- this last time that I saw him was at the Catabatic Campout this uh, this last summer for the Summer Solstice Party. He played a set um, during the sunrise on the uh, you know on on this mountain, and it was one of the most beautiful musical experiences I've ever had in my life. And I I'll, I'll always thank him for that. So um, you know we're gonna play a lot more music. I'm here with Jay, his very close comrade and friend from Catabatic, and um, we're gonna play a lot more of his music. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, thank you so much, Parrot, for everything you gave gave us and keep giving us.
So right now you're listening to Polar, which was a group. Uh, it was Barrett Clark and Garrett Lefevre. Um, I believe they were making this material um, in their high school years. To give you some, to give you a reference point. Um, very talented guys. Barrett is uh, a big loss for all of us. And um, today we just want to play his music and just share um, his talent with as many people as possible. I'm 
Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is Topazu once again. Uh, and you were just listening to a track from Barrett Clark that was live from the crypt. And uh, moving forward, we are going to be talking about uh, in our next segment, Joey Cassio. If I could ever think of anyone who in this world could just physically embody total creativity, mind, body, soul, walking into a room um it is by far joey cassio he's a superb producer releasing innovative hardware as obsidian blade and he's a great thinker and just an honored mentor for any of us i am uh, going to have the very talented lovely aja archuleta uh take over the show for you uh for for me actually <laughs> uh to tell you a little bit more about joey cassio I'm going to start off with a quote from his Facebook. 
over the last few years, many of my peers have started to shift their creative path from rock and noise into the realms of hardware-based dance music, techno. This delights me to no end. I feel like I've been waiting for the shift most of my adult life. I get asked for technical troubleshooting advice at least once or twice a week. I don't mind. I love nerding out and helping out. But to be honest, this is the advice I have to offer. Stop trying to be a performer and try to learn how to be a facilitator. This is not rock and roll. Let go of the mythology of Western individualism and accept that you are an active participant in something larger than yourself. Let's do this. I'm just going to let you sit with that, <laughs> um, as Joey intended. Um, I met intergalactic superstar Joey Cassio um, at Ghost Town Gallery maybe around 2014 or 13. And he was doing solo Joey Cassio music at that point. Um, and I felt like I had kind of encountered alien life for the first time. And in him, I found this really cool <laughs> older brother who taught me um, how MIDI works. And I think a lot of the Oakland community, too. Um, and we've made music together. We've hung out um, late night, early morning, top of mountains, down by the rivers. And I'm just going to let the music kind of take you from here. It's a sort of chronological Joey Cassio playlist that I've put together. Um, and this is the music he was making when I first, first met him. What you see, shake what you see, shake what you see, shake what you see. 
That last track was Endgame by Uncanny Valley, um, which was a project that featured Joey Cassio, Natalie Decker, and Kelsey McCurdy. Um, and the track before that was The Frame. That was off of a K-Record 7-inch um, that Joey put out um, before moving to Oakland during his Olympia years. And then Uncanny Valley was, I think, one of his first Oakland projects. Um, when he moved down here. And next I have a track by a project that Joey and myself and Najee um, started a few years ago called Opulence, and we were going to take over the world for a while. Um, it was an amazing experience just playing and learning at the same time um, from somebody with so much so much knowledge and so much vision for for the future. Um, and then after that, there will be two Obsidian Blade songs, back to back.
that last track was Obsidian Blade um, from the 2016 Campout um, Catabatic style. And before that was Paradigm Jeans, um, also by Obsidian Blade, which was on a Catabatic compilation, um, which you can find on Bandcamp. And before that was Opulence, a track called Recognize Your Power. And... Thanks for thanks for everything, Joe. So our next segment is going to be about Micah Danemeyer. He was the label head for Discarded Records. He is the mastermind behind the Obscure Machina Night, which supported many, many rising stars. Uh, and he gave a lot of people their very first break. And on top of that, he made some really sick hardware tracks as Paralysis. So I have one of my absolute favorite local producers here, the Craytrix, to tell you a little bit more about Micah. Hey, hey. Um, so I have, I mean, really, I have like way too much music right now. It's, uh, it was hard to pick which one. Uh, I'm going to start it off with, uh, this live set. So it's Red Cellar, which is Micah and, uh, Devin of Regretamine. Uh, they're both, uh, friends and collaborators and, uh, both of them are responsible for discarded records. Uh, Micah uh, was gifted a tape duplicator by Devin, just, um, I, guess, I think, sort of uh, randomly. Uh, I think at that, at that time, when he got the gift, Micah hadn't necessarily been uh, making any moves towards, like, having a label. But uh, Devin sort of gave him a, this, like, gift, just as a thank you for like everything that he does um, working so tirelessly to um, you know just like meet different types of artists and put on shows like wherever he can and, um, keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting yeah so he got this tape duplicator and then he started discarded records and he put out a bunch of like really really cool cool music um I really, I really like Red Cellar. Uh, this is their performance at uh, Obscura Machina from, uh, and I'm not exactly sure what date, but um, it's called. Uh, this recording is called Mutants to the Front. Uh, so this is Red Cellar. Thank you. 
That was Red Cellar. Mutants to the front. Um, so I'm gonna. I have, you know, I, I do have a lot of very fond memories of uh, of Micah. The first time that I met him, actually, was at. Uh, the first ever transmutations that he ever put on, and that was like the first party, uh, uh, the first, uh, the first night that he was throwing when he first came here. So you know, since then he did um, uh, Obscura Machina, Dissonance Presents, probably a bunch of other things that I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah, I, so it was transmutations. It was an ATA gallery, which. I mean, you know, I, I I go there for films all the time. It was, like, very interesting that, you know, um, that something like that was being hosted there and um, sort of uh, speaks a lot to the kinds of connections that Micah was just able to make sort of, like, uh, across a lot of, like, multidisciplinary freaks from all over the, from all over the Bay Area. And uh, the Bay Area was very very lucky to have him for many years and I um, I went to that show and that was uh, the first time that I saw uh, and I met Sandy from LCM who's doing Demon Sleeper just like total amazing performer um, and also that was the first time that I met uh, Jason uh, from Coral Remains and he was doing his solo thing uh, it was like this really, this very beautiful, like spoken word, like ambient noise project, and um, and because they were ATA, there was like these really beautiful visuals that um, Micah was doing, and um, yeah, I was just really, I was really blown away. I didn't get a chance to introduce myself that time, but a few days later, I ended up running into him in West Oakland Bart. He was locking up his bike, and I and I went up to him because you know, he he stands out. So I went up to him and I introduced myself, and I was like, "Hey, I, you know, I really liked, uh, really liked the show that you threw, and I really liked your visuals." Blah, blah, blah. And, um, I just sort of thought that maybe he'd sort of been around for a while, um, but it turns out he was very young, like early twenties, straight out of art school, which also surprised me. He didn't like doesn't strike me as someone who went to art school in um, in Massachusetts and. Uh, he had just been there a year, and um, I was just really, uh, I was very fascinated by how enthusiastic he was, um, even, th- even though he mostly concentrated in, like, you know, like, like uh, very, like, heavy, dark industrial music, and, like, EBM, and noise, and, like, uh, noisy techno, and all that stuff, like, um, he really uh, reached out to a lot of people and wasn't very concerned with um, keeping these very like strict rules as to like what what makes uh, certain genres that you know, and um, that's why the shows that he threw were always so mind-boggling, and I, that's uh, how I ended up meeting a lot of people and uh, a lot of people that I call good friends, a lot of people that I really admire. Um, I had um, my first show was Felly Day at a at a transmutations and uh, and that was a very special thing and I feel 
yeah, I just feel a lot of gratitude towards him for that because at that point we'd met maybe like twice. He'd never heard any of my music. And uh, he was familiar with, uh, he was familiar with Charmy's music, but um, you know, he just said, yeah, why not? Just, we'll just put you on there. I'm gonna play uh, some more of Micah's stuff. Paralysis. Uh, he also did, let me see, also known as Jungle Jim. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I met him, he was uh, doing ICPCP. So he, has, he really had a knack for these very uh, strange, very unnecessary word plays. And um, he also <laughs> did Lip Chewer. Lip Chewer I liked a lot. Um, so weird. <laughs> I just like love what a freak you. What a freaking freak. Just incredible. I'm going to play para- uh, Paralysis. And um, and he he came up with this, you know, term dungeon acid, which was the music that he was like making for like the past couple of years. So, my paralysis off um, damage done, which uh, came out on discarded. Thank you. 
Okay, so you just heard A1 uh, from Damage Done, his release on Discarded as Paralysis. And that was followed by a little short um, little clip that he posted up of his uh, paralysis practice, which I really love. I kind of wish you could go on for much, much longer. Um, and um, I wanted to play... Uh, this track from Regis, actually, and it's Wright's, um, it's like 90s Regis, and I, I wanted to play because I know that he would have wanted me to. Um, I was going back through like a lot of our chats, um, and I actually went, ended up going back to maybe the first one, um, and uh, we both we both had insomnia, and I think we're you know a lot of times found ourselves uh, in our rooms, uh, very late at night, listening to techno and pissing off our roommates, and we would send each other uh, YouTube links to like our favorite techno songs, um, and this was the first one that he sent me, and um, I was like, I was actually really, I was kind of like really surprised that he listened that he like, really liked Regis, and later on, uh, listening, uh, or just kind of like being a witness to uh, the way his music evolved, uh, I, I really like ended up understanding uh, how like a lot of his influences uh, sort of like went through him, because Micah was kind of like this like black hole, like all of this cool music, um, you know, some of it sounding very like polished you know like Regis and um, it's sort of like all goes into him like hits the Micah event horizon and then com he, and what he does is that he just like completely sort of like tears it apart like like every fabric you know and um, and then like him playing live which I um, to my knowledge was like uh, a lot of it was improvisational it's sort of like you're like watching him like rip up um, all of this like music and put it back together in this um, in this very like uh, manic and like passionate way and I really really appreciated that so this is this is Regis uh, writes
um, earlier in the show, uh, Holly, you had you had um, mentioned like the term psychic warriors. Yes. Right. Uh, and it I feel like very much describes uh, very much describes um, everyone who we're talking about today, like Barrett, definitely Joey and um, Micah, and uh, definitely Cash and. Um, and I think the way that Micah sort of embodied this like psychic warriorhood mm-hmm. um, was like also in this very, um, I mean, this very like alien way, in this very sweet and warm way, because um, there was really not a whole lot of pretense mm-hmm. to Micah, and just sort of. Uh, whatever he was feeling sort of just like came right out and a lot of it was just like very genuine and like very sweet and very weird and uh yeah we were just talking about how Micah there's sort of this like Micah dialect right he sort of like made up his own language or something he's a very (laughs) specific way of talking um and and um you know like the past month I during Moments, I can sort of like hear his commentary in the background, um, but uh, s- something that something I always found particularly very like disarming about Micah was um, just like how how warm and nurturing he was, um, like nurturing towards other artists and like and the artists that he always like connected with. Where he also just made a um, very huge effort to be friends with them and like show them how much he cares in other ways too so he um th- you know there was just a lot of times where like I would like uh, he would ask me to hang out and I'd be like you know I'm f- I, I, I'm feeling like really sick and like I don't feel good or like I feel sad and um and his way his like sort of like holistic approach towards medicine was you know uh techno and <laughs> and um and like just you know and just be, and he would just like send me a youtube link to like whatever he was listening that he you know um that he thought was particularly healing and they're always like these really beautiful tracks and uh it is just something that i i really i really appreciated and that he uh took the time took the time to like you know give uh give me like a little piece of his heart and so he so the times that I was sick, he he sent it, he uh, sent me these two songs, and one of them is this Tropic of Cancer song, and that was the first time that actually I'd ever heard Tropic of Cancer. This is uh, called The Dull Age. It's very beautiful.
That was Tropic of Cancer, The Dull Age, a um, little dose of medicine from Micah. Um, you know, that actually reminded me, I was talking about his projects, and I forgot to mention Ox Eye, which he does with Cheryl Seeker, who is a fabulous human being. Um, and uh, I could, uh, I definitely, uh, the last time that I saw them uh, play was at a Obscura Machina, and um, I was actually, like, standing in the background behind them, watching them play, and it was so, you know, once again, it was, like, uh, unpredictable Michael. I was just like, I did not know that that was what it was going to sound like. And I could definitely tell that there was some Tropic of Cancer influence in it. It was very beautiful. Um, they have a SoundCloud. You should check it out. I'm going to end the segment with um, a little ditty from Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> one of Mike's uh, favorite, uh, favorite movies and uh, favorite soundtracks and uh, yeah here we go love you Micah I miss you
finally, we are going to talk about Cash Askew. She is one half of Them Are Us Two, one heart half of Crescendo with Aja Archuleta, and she has uh, just beautiful solo work um, experimenting in the realms of techno as well. And uh, yeah, she is uh, by far one of our uh, all-time favorite dancers on the dance floor. I've had many people agree with me about uh, just watching her dance and how inspiring it was. So uh, returning, I have Aja Vision, or excuse me, Aja Archuleta, uh, back to tell you about the very beautiful, uh, lovely Cassius Q. Um, thanks, Holly. Yeah. Um, I have a few tracks lined up um, that Cash made in her different phases, stages, I guess you could call them. Um, she is one of my closest, sweetest, best sisters that I've met in the past couple, two years, I'd say. Um, we've collaborated and we've We've gone to some psychic places together um, that I, I think are are beyond like experiences I've shared with a lot of people. Um, when making music in crescendo, everything was improvised, and kind of during that time, I think we developed like our own sound language and kind of way to communicate. Um, that really opened up my my mind to what electronics could look and sound like and how you can create with with another person and she just taught me so many lessons that I I hold with me very close um first up there's a track by the MRS2 um from Remain it's called Marilyn and then after that um there'll be a a long kind of crescendo piece which was from a practice that we had before we played the eagle um, a f- few months back and we'll do some uh, um, cash solo tracks um, her project Prist um, right after that here we go
that last track was um, Kak, K-A-K-C, by Prist. And before that was What Is This Place? Uh, a little recording from a crescendo practice. Um, I'm going to play, let's see, next. Uh, it's raining outside. <laughs> so I'm going to play Tears Rain Heavenly um, by Heavenly, which was another... Um, stage of Cash's. It was more, I think, tape experiment focused and um, based off of, I don't know, maximizing. She really loves Cindy Talk, I think. And <laughs> um, let's just hear.
to thank all of my guests today, Nihar, Exelon of Catabatic, The Cratrix, and Aja Vision for coming into the studio today to talk about all of these absolutely amazing, wonderful, spectacular people that are no longer here. Um, I especially want to thank Barrett and Joey and Micah and Cash for inspiring us, for giving us the gift of your music and your work. Uh, thank you for making all of us who we are and motivating us to do uh, so much more. For you, for us, you make us psychic warriors, and we fight tirelessly to shake this earth with your music and our own. Thank you. <laughs>